I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, bringing you this podcast today on the Cleveland Browns after a disappointing loss to the now Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. I wish I could be coming to you on a victory Monday, but sadly, the Browns could not capitalize on what felt like an opportunity in the elements against the Raiders on Sunday. There, you know, the broadcast talked about it ad nauseum. There were winds, uh, 35, 40 mile per hour gusts at times. It there was a weird mixture of snow, rain, grappa. I think they called it that only Clevelanders you know, would be accustomed to. You would think, but the uh, the Raiders came in and were able to steal this one from the Browns. 16 to 6. The Browns fall to 5 and 3 on the season after the loss halfway through the year. Uh, now they will get their bye week coming up following this game against the Raiders. But this this was a funny game because the Browns scored 6 points. Baker Mayfield completed 12 passes, I think, for 122 yards off the top of my head. Let me just double-check that. Yeah, exactly. 12 passes for 122 yards. And yet, and yet, I think we can all agree this kind of felt like a defensive loss for the Browns. They got bullied at the line of scrimmage in particular by the Oakland Raiders, who just—the Oakland Raiders, there I go again. The Las Vegas Raiders— Still trying to make that change. But the Browns got bullied by them on the ground, no doubt. It was demoralizing at times to watch as a fan. Josh Jacobs' stat line in this game was 31 carries for 128 yards. The team ran for 208 yards in the Browns, who had the fifth-best rushing defense coming into the game. And if you were to ask any Browns fan what the strength of this team was coming into this game against the Raiders, you would say the defensive line. Not only Miles Garrett, but also Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon. Those are the guys that headline this defense, and they got absolutely manhandled in this game in a way that I certainly didn't expect coming into the week. You know, we talked a little bit last week how I actually thought this game, of course, before seeing the weather report, might be a back-and-forth offensive game. Uh, with a lot of passing going on, given the Raiders' actually ability to, to land some explosive plays with Henry Ruggs this season and, and how the Browns fared. And, and over the last couple weeks as well, I thought that there might be some downfield shots in this game. And then when the weather report came in, it was clear it was going to be a ground game, which you would think would favor the Browns, who still had, even after that disappointing game against the Steelers a couple weeks ago, one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL, Kareem Hunt, looking just as good as ever coming into this game. And the Raiders on the flip side had offensive line injuries. Their right tackle, Trent Brown, ended up not even playing in this game because of a locker room mishap with his IV prior to the game. And so 
things pointed in the Browns' direction, which is why this one was so deflating. It felt like such a missed opportunity for the team, and, and that's the takeaway really is a good game from Baker Mayfield, a game where he made good decisions with the football and re- battled the elements about as well as you could expect and, and just didn't get any help from his teammates at all on either end. On on the offensive side, there was the drop by Landry in the end zone, he actually had two drops in the game, David Njoku on a big third down, dropping a pass right in the numbers as well. It felt like everybody but Baker Mayfield was trying to give away the game for the Browns, and that was the tough part is when you've got a quarterback that's week-to-week and and he's finally starting to string it together to, to have his teammates let him down like that was very, very deflating. And, and then on top of all that, Miles Garrett gets injured in this game a knee injury, they're calling it. And, and thankfully, we got word today from Schefter and your local media people that, that nothing too serious, so hopefully he'll be able to get healthy during the bye week. But this game really should have favored the Browns, not only personnel-wise, but attitude-wise. You know, Cleveland Browns football is blue collar it's meant for the bad weather it's earn what you get and I think all of us who have followed for the team for a while can appreciate that style and it felt like that was the identity of this team and that's what Kareem Hunt said after the game they beat us at our own game which is why it hurts a little bit this one stings is yeah they're 35 to 40 mile per hour wins I've stood in that stadium before when there are 35 to 40 mile per hour winds. I'm sure many of you listening out there have as well. That's what the Browns should be accustomed to. And they have to be thinking as they build this team, that's what they're going to have to do, not only in Cleveland, but in Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. AFC North football is tough, run it down your throat type of football and play defense. And, And the Browns somehow shied away from that today and that's the most concerning part about this loss is that this should have been right up the Browns alley and somehow it wasn't now we there are some explanations for that Miles Garrett being injured of course on the defensive line hurts I think that Everybody has seen that this Browns defense at the linebacker level as well is not as strong as it's been in previous years. Losing Joe Schobert certainly hurt in the middle of this defense, and it doesn't seem like everybody's really figured out how to work in concert together at that level of the defense either. But that was a a tough, tough loss to watch where even when the Browns, when Cody Parkey was lining up for that field goal. My friends and I were talking over text about the game, and we were just like, we have no faith that we're going to stop them anyway. In order to get the ball back, we're going to have to stop them from just running the ball on us for 10 yards and three plays. And, and the Raiders just lined it up and consistently, time after time, said, you're not going to stop us. And the Browns had no answer. And so that certainly, it stinks. It just stinks. That's the only way I can describe it as... A fan of the team as much as uh, the podcasts are bringing this to you guys right now is that one uh it, it hurt a little bit now despite that doom and gloom I'm, I'm gonna cheer us up a little bit I I really don't think this was all that indicative of how the Brown season is gonna go the rest of the way it was an outlier of a game in terms of the weather 
the wind in particular, even when it's snowy and it's when it's rainy, it's funny, wind actually affects point more than any other element outside of really heavy snow if you look at the numbers and that's because it's just so difficult to throw the ball and so difficult to kick as we saw as well so there was really just a, it was difficult in a way unlike it's probably going to be really the rest of the seasons for the Browns. so okay it was a little bit of an outlier of a game so that's number one number two as I said Baker Mayfield again looked pretty strong and I know the Raiders defense isn't fantastic by any means but he made a lot of throws that deserve to be caught and that again was was positive building growth out of Baker Mayfield he looks more and more comfortable in the pocket every week he was protected very well once again the Browns pass protection has been phenomenal this season so as Baker continues to stand in there and deliver the ball I think that part is a really positive sign for this team going forward Another good thing for this team is, honestly, the bye comes at a great time. No structural damage for Miles Garrett and his knee. He needs to get healthy if this team is going to reach the playoffs, if it's going to do any damage there. Miles Garrett has to be at a defensive player of the year level because, as we've seen with the rest of the defense, there's just nobody else that can really be counted on week to week. Maybe Denzel Ward. Uh, who even he has struggled at times this season, but you got to figure for the most part the Browns can rely on him. But outside of that, I, Larry Ogunjobi was one of my favorite players on this defensive side of the football coming into the game. But look, the honest assessment is he didn't show up in this game the way he needed to. And I would say the same for Sheldon Richardson, though I think he played slightly better than, than Ogunjobi in this game. I mean, those guys are big names. They, they've they shown up in the past. They're just going to have to play better if the Browns are going to succeed because we've seen the weaknesses in the secondary, and those I don't think are going away anytime soon. We'll talk about the trade deadline later, but I don't think the Browns are going to make a move there. So if they're going to have an identity on defense, it's got to be to make people one-dimensional throwing the football. They can't allow the run and the pass, and that's what they did in this game. And it's why even though the Raiders only scored 16 points, it felt like this one was on the defense. So, But, as I said, bye coming at a good time. All right, Miles My- Garrett, hopefully he's going to get healthy during this bye. He'll come back. He'll be strong. Baker continuing to play well is another strong thing. And as I said, I thought this one was a bit of an outlier. And you look at the schedule going forward, and it's it's workable. It's still workable. I know we talked about this on the show last week, but really nothing scares you for a while after the bye on, on the Browns' schedule. They they host Houston after the bye, and that team is, is certainly not one that's protecting their quarterback very well, so you'd think the defensive line could have a bounce back in that game uh, pretty easily. And, and then after that, it's home against Philly, and people – I. This is what I don't get. I mean, people come after Baker Mayfield in the local and national media. What is going on with Carson Wentz? I mean, that game in Sunday night, for those of you who actually tuned in to watch the Cowboys third-string quarterback play them, oof. I was, again, texting some of my friends, and I was like, does Carson Wentz realize he's not playing in the FCS? Is he confused? I mean, the way he held onto the ball in some of his decision-making was just atrocious. So two really is, uh, you know— good opportunities there for the Browns to win again and then at Jacksonville as well who may be starting their backup quarterback it sounds like Gardner Minshew might have uh, a broken hand uh, injury so 
Lots of lots of positive news still for the team coming up. The, the broadcast talked about it. They have the second easiest remaining schedule of any team in the league just based on pure wins right now. So still plenty of time for this team to accumulate wins. And look, they're 5-3 and three going into the bye week. I think if we looked at the schedule coming into the year and said the Browns are 5-3 and three going into the bye week, everybody would be pretty happy. The way that they've gotten there as well with Kevin Stefanski looking like he knows what he's doing, Miles Garrett playing at, at an all-time good level for the Browns, Baker Mayfield looking solid these last couple weeks. Those are your building blocks for a franchise. Star defensive player, quarterback, head coach, and all three of those ducks seem to be in a row. So despite how demoralized I was at points on Sunday with the Browns' inability to stop the run, long-term, I think you still, the takeaways continue to be that this team is in a place that is exciting for fans going forward. Now, I want to talk trade deadline as well, but before we do that, let's take a quick break and hear from the sponsors of the show. This episode of The Rebuild is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And, and let's be honest. You probably didn't want to be at the stadium for that one uh, with the Browns. 35 to 40 mile per hour wins. We, we've all done it, but uh, it wasn't so bad to be at home in the comfort of your own home with the heat on all that. And, and Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all their great sign up bonuses. Just don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode of The Rebuild is also brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. I can tell you we certainly didn't stop here at Blue Wire trying to give you guys great content. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3.5 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners at BlueWire a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. 
Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Support the show. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, and we're back here on the Rebuild. Had to read those sponsor ads. One of my jobs actually at Blue Wire is sending in air checks every week, and yet I was one of the podcasters that didn't read ads last week. So that was slightly embarrassing. Had to make sure we got that in this week uh, in order to satisfy the powers that be. So, yeah, I also want to talk trade deadline real quick. We're going to talk about it after the it expires once we see if the Browns made any moves. But there were a couple of moves made. Uh, one by the Steelers, I, I saw trading for Avery Williamson from the Jets, and I've seen some Browns fans clamoring for the Browns to make a move on the defensive side of the football following that performance against Vegas. If it's me, I'm staying put, and it, I know the temptation is there. I get it among fans. Our secondary is so weak at times. It's so frustrating, and but... But I want to remind everybody that this is not the secondary that's supposed to be playing. You've got Grant Delpit, of course, out for the year with the Achilles, and who knows what he'll be when he comes back. Greedy Williams really hasn't played at all this season. But those guys are supposed to play, and when they get on the field, there needs to be an evaluation process there. And so the Browns can't trade over those guys. They can't give up significant assets in order to bring somebody in over those guys in my opinion before getting a chance to really see them develop on the field I think you still got to wait and see with those guys because I think they have a lot of talent and I know they're injured and I know Delpit may not come back the same player but for me it's got to be a wait and see And, and to be honest I'm just not sure what trading for a a, a rental player does for you. That's really the only other option is you trade for somebody with, you know, basically one year left on their deal that you can get out of kind of for the future uh, to not, you know, trade over those guys, as I said, and, and bump them out of the depth chart for 2021 and beyond. And for me, I, I just don't see what that gets the Browns. Sure. A little help, you know, potentially gives them a slightly better chance if they do make it to the playoffs, you know, to steal a game there. But ultimately, I think, given the fact that we've seen Kevin Stefanski looks like a competent head coach, given the fact that we've seen Baker Mayfield looks like he's stringing together a couple games here, I think the the focus of, of Andrew Barry in the Cleveland front office has to be on the future here. The Browns can't afford to give up significant draft assets this roster has plenty of holes we saw it on Sunday and so for me actually the biggest takeaway from Sunday is not that the Browns need help now it's that they need to save those draft picks because they've got plenty of holes to cover up on the defensive side of the football and they need to use the 2021 draft in order to do that Uh, they've already signed Miles Garrett they're potentially going to be picking up Baker Mayfield's fifth year option free agency is going to start to get a little bit more limited for this team If it's me, if Sunday taught me anything, it's that hang tight. Let our young guys come back, see how they develop. And look, if if Grant Delpit's struggling halfway through next year and the Browns are 5-3, and okay, that's that's where you make a trade at the trade deadline. But I think this year in particular, I would hold back if I were the Browns. And although that's not exciting from a fan's perspective, I think 
that's the the outlook the front office has to have is is that long term focus because frankly I think the Browns have the cornerstones to be in, in playoff contention this year but I also think they have enough holes that they're I would be surprised if they're you know really in the top tier Super Bowl contention too and I think we've seen that against the best of the best in, in Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh so my my advice to all the fans out there is don't be disappointed if the Browns stay put at the deadline. In fact, maybe maybe be slightly optimistic that this front office isn't making rash decisions thinking about the here and now rather than the future of this team and their potential uh, outlook for future seasons to come because I think yeah, there's a lot of bright spots for them. So that's all I have on the rebuild for you today. Just a short one recapping that game against the Vegas Raiders. As, as I said, it was a weird one. It was a weird weather, the storm, the wind, all that. Don't want to read too much into it. Don't want to you know, dive into the nitty-gritty on every single player and how they performed in that kind of atmosphere. So we're going to wrap it up. We'll come to you with an episode midweek uh, after the trade deadline, see if the Browns do anything, talk about potentially how our competitors are looking around the league. And then we'll have some fun bi-week content for you as well. So stay tuned for all of that here on The Rebuild. But until then, I'm Henry Ettinger. Please subscribe, rate, review, follow me on Twitter at Henry underscore Ettinger. And go Browns!